Welcome to Propane Fitness Podcast, episode 43. This is part one of an interview with Andy Morgan from rippedbody.jp. He is the co-author of the Muscle and Strength Pyramids with Eric Helms, and his website is packed with comprehensive guides for setting up with your own diet. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, this interview is also on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash propane fitness. So let's get into the interview. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Yeah, here I am. If it's in the box, you might create an echo around the... No, no. So it's... What I've been doing is get working on getting it propped out of the box, but that, that was what the rustling was. Hmm. Uh, that's... <laughs> Uh, I mean, all right. So I've just looked at your uh, your about page, and I've just watched your one minute twenty of brilliance, and then thirty seconds of outtakes, which which is nice actually. And um, that's really really fucking pro. It looks this shit. Well done. That's Thank really you. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow. I need to do something like that. And uh, and now you've got this microphone <laughs> in the box, and it's such a different. <laughs> There's definitely a mismatch between what people see and yeah, the yeah uh, the behind the scenes. It's just all this this rickety structure that's just holding itself together. But no, we we that's someone made that video for us. We we've never been able to do that ourselves. Oh. I don't think. Whereas if you look at Andy's mic mm-hmm. compared to ours, he's got a pop filter and oh, has all he? sorts. It was like it was eighty. Oh wow! It was eighty bucks. It's the it's the Blue Yeti microphone. <sighs> So it was recommended, that, and, then, and then this pop filter was, I think, ten dollars. So yeah. Yusuf mentioned that my, that particular microphone to me about five or six times, and every time I go like, "We don't need a mic. Like, who needs a microphone? Mm. You know, because I think only really recently we've been doing podcasts more frequently. Right, right, right. right. Thanks, right. So Andy. It just cost us about 100, <laughs> 200 quid or whatever, whatever. Oh, to- <laughs> one hundred and sixteen pounds or something. <laughs> okay, um, and forty three, forty three. Cool. Yeah. Ready. What's 43? Where? <laughs> it's episode 43 for us, just when we're introducing it. Ah, That's okay, all. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, screw that. It's not yeah, some kind of, it. like, secret code. Um, good cool. to go? Yeah, man. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Propane Fitness Podcast, episode 43. I'm here with Yusuf, as usual. And Hello. today, we have a guest all the way from Japan. That's Andy Morgan. Andy, do you want to say hi? Hey, how you doing? Thanks Good. for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us. So, for the listeners who aren't familiar with you, do you want to just give us a quick intro? Who is Andy? What do you do? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I am an online coach and author. I live in Osaka, Japan. But as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not uh, Japanese. Um, I was born in Birmingham, um, Sutton Coldfield, for those that are familiar with the area. Um, and I came to Japan shortly after graduating um, university. I taught English for a while, and then um, I uh, got interested in training, um, started a website, tried to fight the fitness industry nonsense, um, very much like yourselves, lads, just fighting the the bro science really out there and trying to put out really good information. And um, I've been uh, coaching um, online, one-on-one, um, men, um, gym nuts, um, that want to, yeah, get jacked and shredded basically. 
yeah, for the last five, yeah, five years now. Yeah. Okay. So, so your website that you started that from just a general interest and then it morphed into a business or was it always your intention to, to end up coaching people? Yeah. Actually, yeah. So I started the site about five years ago and um, I titled it rippedbody.jp and it's still rippedbody.jp now. And um, yeah, I wanted to, I had friends that said when I went to the gym with them and helped them out, they said to me, you're really good at this. You should make this your profession. And in my mind, I was like, no, I can't do that. That's silly. I can't be a personal trainer. I have a degree. I have a degree in economics, banking, and finance. And I had this silly, arrogant attitude that like this job was beneath me in a way. And, and I say this now, and I feel, I feel terrible for even having thought about it, but... Um, yeah, that, that was kind of, I had that in my mind. So I had the idea of it planted in my mind about a year before I even acted on it. And, um, I was teaching English at a high school and I taught English at a high school for about five years and I really loved that job. But, you know, I had this niggling inside of me to, um, develop a business. Um, I'd always been interested in business books and, um, entrepreneurial stuff when I was, um, at school and through university. And um, I had an idea that I would uh, um, market myself as a, a personal trainer. I just wanted to keep it as few clients um, in the area. Um, and I felt that instead of having a business card, the best way to network would be to have my business card as a website. And so I thought I'd make a website, I'd talk about my methods, um, I'd help people out and uh, I'd help people out by having the website. And so if someone asked me, oh, can you tell me about your coaching services? I can say, yep, sure. Please go to the website. Because I'm not a salesy guy. I don't do well with um, selling someone on something. It's very much, um, and it always has been, even now, it's like, okay, please go to the website, have a look, see what you think, see if it's for you. Um, and so I thought that having the website would be the best way to do that. And the, the reason that I, uh, I finally pulled the plug and decided to go for it was um, I, I realized one day that um, I'd just been lied to. Um, the industry had lied to me. Um, Bodybuilding.com had lied to me. I didn't need to eat uh, six meals a day. I didn't need to be on this food hunt all day long as I felt um, for a few years. Um, and I didn't need to be um, spending 200 quid on supplements um, each month as I had been uh, to look good. And I was outraged. And I looked around in the industry in Japan and I saw that no one was, no one had this information and I wanted to do something about it. So um, my business was spawned out of that. So I created this website, ripbody.jp. Um, I wrote in English and in Japanese. I did these terrible translations myself. Um, and more English people got interested than uh, Japanese people. And then uh, a couple of months after starting, I had uh, a guy say, so um, how much is your online coaching? And I hadn't even thought about it at this point. And uh, I just uh, I just turned around and gave him a number and he was like, yep, 
<laughs> and then I was like, wow. And so I immediately created uh, all these materials as quickly as I could. And then it just kind of cas- cascaded from there. So the, the, the material on the blog was basically to just try and spread the information into Japan. And so I guess you were still teaching at the time, Andy. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. right yeah. So what, what was the turning point in, um, in quitting the job and doing coaching full time? Sure. So um, I was making uh, more money than my teaching, um, like significantly more money than my teaching within, uh, I think, four months. So it was a good and sign. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was to the point where now I can't. I can't even claim this as a, a secondary, um, as a side job anymore. Because I think legally, for my visa at the time, it had to be, if you have any side job, it needs to be below your... Um, Main source of your, income. You, yeah, your regular side. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't like I couldn't even say um, I got lucky. It just continued. And I, I thought, well, I did feel exceptionally lucky, but I wanted to build it. And so that was, um, I think I started the site around June. Um, I was thinking, right, I'm going to have to quit this job around November. And then January, I handed in my notice. And then the end of March, I, I ended. And uh, I was on my own. I had to set up a company then so that I could then sponsor my own visa um, so that I could stay in the country. That is cool. And and obviously, the website itself was born out of wanting to help people, wanting to, and you know, from, from your content, you don't leave anything to like behind a paywall or a second guess it's like look here's how to do the full process um you know it's not like oh i'm going to give you the 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 magic macros if you just um you know pay me whatever (laughs) it's it's all it's all just very very open and um i think people are drawn to that um that honest approach with with coaching because then they say right well he's he's not holding anything back here and it's interesting as well you said that being able to, and something you mentioned in your book too, of people asking a similar question, it makes a lot more sense just to put effort into a single resource that you can then direct them to, and then you're actually offering a, a better quality service or piece of information, because rather than explain to them each time on an individual basis, and you're at the mercy of how tired you are on the day, or how you know how much you can conjure up at the time, um, it's all just on somewhere and same with delivering client plans and so on. So really liked that. Thank you. It's interesting as well that you mentioned you have a degree in, what do you say, economics and finance? It is, uh, the degree title is money, banking and finance, but that's monetary policy of economics, banking and finance. Okay. Because I mean, we we both have, uh, I have an economics degree, so if I was a- Maths and business. Yeah. So I, I don't think I've met anybody actually and this could just be my like narrow view of the fitness industry, but I don't know anyone who's gone that path. Quite a lot mm. of the time, people have like an exercise science degree or something like that, and then segue into PT and then find the online world. Um, but it sounds like our paths are very, very similar. So that's Krieger, um, he might have um, been a statistician. Um, that would make sense. Because he's into finance. You know James Krieger? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever met him? No. He's a brilliant, he's a brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, he's, he, you hang out with him and I just feel like he must think I'm thick, um, but he holds it back. <laughs> he, he just, I, I, it's a pleasure to be in his company because just seeing him debate, seeing him put arguments forward is just, it's an education. He's weightology. 
Sorry. Uh, what? Yeah, weightology. Oh, he's yeah, a monster. Org, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's, sorry. He's a monster. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I. When. When you're speaking to someone and you feel like they're just humouring you, um, it's definitely uh, an unsettling feeling. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, um, if you've ever seen uh, Brett Contreras go off, go off <laughs> yeah. on one. Um, I've, I've seen that. Like, he's come in like on a on a late night flight, and I've been sat in the lobby at this conference. I think from midnight until two thirty a.m. And he's just like so enthusiastically, like just hammering through his research, and and I'm just sat there witnessing this conversation, and I'm like, wow, wow, one day. I have so much, so much to learn. And instead of getting down about it, you kind of get excited about it. And then you realize, yeah, okay, I'm in the right industry. I'm in the right job here. Um, same with uh, uh, Brad Schoenfeld. Um, same with, uh, do you know Greg Knuckles? Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's brilliant as well. He doesn't forget anything. Um, he's, he's just a great guy, you know. Like these people are, yeah, solid. There's certainly some great minds and some not so great ones in the industry, but... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what you said about, so if people that want to make it in the industry want to make a name for themselves, um, uh, you can hide stuff behind a paywall, and um, I understand that. But the best thing that I did for my business was put out content that it was a little bit painful to give away. Um, like I put so much effort into it that it was like, this is kind of my best stuff in this one area. This is my best stuff that I'm giving away for free. However, how are we going to get people to trust us if you're not prepared to show them a reason why they trust you? Because we are just some guys that built a website. So you're going to have to make that website really, really good and pour your heart into it and show that you care, deeply, truly care. Be there to answer comments. Um, and if you do put out the information um, giveaway um, what you can. Um, obviously, you need to sell something. You need to monetize somewhere. But if you can put out that information, um, then people will come to trust and respect you. And then if you want to think even bigger picture, um, so I get way, way more visitors to my site than I take on as coaching clients, of course. But let's say that 1% of people that come to my site click on the coaching page and 10% of the people that click on the coaching page apply for coaching and one in 10 people that apply for coaching end up becoming clients, right? You can see that two ways. Either I need to make the bar to becoming a client lower so that I can take on more clients or you can think well if I increase my traffic then I can get more clients and <coughs> I can help way more people so if 100 people no 10,000 people have been helped for every one that I take on that's, that's brilliant yeah exactly and if, we, if you've got a limited capacity and you know that you can you can help this the, the, you can help the, the people on the tip of the iceberg through coaching and then the remainder of them um, through the the free content, then you're making a, a really big impact on um, on the world. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's what you're trying to do with your podcast, with your articles on your site. You know, that's what you are doing. Sorry. Yeah, try, we try our best. <laughs> yeah. <I don't>... <laughs> <laughs> so, what one thing we want to ask you about is something that you have a, a rule that you have with your online 
clients, I believe, mm. which is a no smartphone rule. Yeah. So you want to tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, so I don't let uh, any of my clients email me from their smartphones. Um, this isn't something that I spring on them um, once they become clients. That's my rule from the start all the way through the application process. Um, if anybody emails me from their smartphone when they're applying to become a client, they're instantly out. Um, if anybody um, emails me from their smartphone when they are a client, then I just send them um, an automated responder. Just um, a cheeky little automated responder saying, hey, uh, you've emailed Andy from your smartphone. Uh, you know he doesn't like smartphones. Please, uh, when you get to a computer, uh, write again. Militant. Okay, so... <laughs> sorry, what? Militant. Yeah, well, well, it's like, what is the reason for that? Um, the emails that I write are really detailed, thought-out um, pieces of information that I want people to refer to. Our email chain um, forms the basis for many of my decisions later down the line. So... It's not just what you've given me at our latest check-in point and the information points there, but how that is is re relates back to what happened four weeks ago, six weeks ago, maybe at the start. I need to be able to see it all clearly. Also, my client, they need to um, be able to read through the information. If it's a text message like back and forth, which smartphones can quickly become, then information is going to be missed it's going to be very hard for them to refer to things and the coaching process will fall apart so um the one way that um i um stop people using their smartphones other than like saying up front this is the rule three times on the coaching page in the autoresponder and then on the application form right other than that um i email people once a day and I don't need to email them more than once a day. Um, I respond to emails from yesterday today. And what that means is that people know that they are in no rush to respond because there are no emergencies in dieting or training. There's no rush to respond. They can sit, think through their questions that they have, knowing that I will give them a detailed, thought-out answer that they can lock away and refer back to um, for like now and then later on, you know so that's that, that's i think that's a very reasoned approach and there's a book i'm reading at the moment by cal newport called deep work and he talks about <clears throat> the move towards um, open plan offices and connectivity is a direct sacrifice of depth um, depth of work depth of thought and how if you just increase this availability of email instant messaging stuff like that and he's, he, he's got a real bugbear against forwarding someone an email just saying thoughts because he said this is just a lazy way of um i think johnny's looking guilty there because he <laughs> mm. does that a lot, i think but... i probably did that yesterday <laughs> but um he's saying how that's just fobbing something off your own desk um but without giving it some detailed information and it just encourages more of a back and forth um and again encourages people to not really think through their responses properly mm. and i'm sure you've seen the the tim ferris approach of like making an appointment with someone by email is like Dear Andy, can you meet at any time next week? The following six times I have are available. If you are able to do this, then this. If this, then... And it's just like series of ifs so that you minimise the number of backs and forths. 
And I see what you mean about your email chain being sacred and reference point rather than filled up with a bunch of like one one line sort of crap yeah. questions and answers. And yeah, I, we, we have the same thing in that um, it helps the client as well if they can sit and consolidate their thoughts into something that's um, you know, more of a structured uh, message, then it helps with being able to respond better and them making more progress and taking taking heed of the answer yeah absolutely yeah cool something that i've well we've noticed actually with even just website traffic is it's increasingly more and more mobile devices and less so laptops and quite a lot of people i know don't even own a laptop you know unless the the laptop's required by work Mm. quite a lot of people exclusively use their phone are those people just no way i could have i could do that no i I couldn't either i I find it quite clunky to to navigate on my mobile but those people are you you wouldn't even consider them no not (laughs) not for a second fair enough stick to your rules oh yeah absolutely there's no point in having rules if you're not going to stick to your rules i get people ask me to break them and i turn around and say well look you're asking for an exception to the rule and do you want uh to work with a man that breaks his rules do you want to work with a man that doesn't keep his word you don't i know you don't i know you want an exception in this case but you don't want to work with someone who's willing to break their principles do you Mm. so i am not and i hope you understand i suppose if you extend that and it's exceptions to oh well i'm not going to respond this time or you know i'm not going to you aren't going to plan this time because that's there's been an exception then that just extends doesn't it and it becomes eventually becomes problematic yeah yeah. So do you, Andy, do you have any other rules like that that you either use in your personal life, training, or with clients that you never break? Um, yeah, sure. So um, I'll, I'll do with clients first. So for someone to be to apply for my coaching, I've got some requirements on the coaching page, um, the application page. Like we as coaches, we need to, I think, that we need to stick to what we're good at. Um, that doesn't mean you, you shouldn't be hungry to... Um, improve your knowledge but um i have the areas that i'm good at and i should be working in those areas or something slightly pushing the edge of that i definitely shouldn't be working in say rehab for example um so if someone comes to me and they've got a pain in their shoulder or their lower back or something else although i may have read some articles i may have read some papers i may have had a few chats with some people in their know I don't feel that it's my place to um, try and assess those things um, in my coaching with my skill set. Um, so one of the requirements I have is no injuries, um, no medical conditions. Um, and uh, I only work with men. Um, I'm a man. I relate best with other men. Um, and... I've mostly worked with men up until the point where I said only men. And what this has meant is I've been able to get exceptionally good at uh, that set niche of people who are um, generally, I'll say the average client will be about 30 years old, successful professional, quite busy. Um, They've had five years of uh, gym training experience. They've got a decent amount of muscle. I'd say they're an intermediate trainee. So if they were to shred down, um, they would look pretty good. They'd look happy, right? Um, Those are the people that I know how to work with best. 
So those are the people that I really focus on. And obviously within that, 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 um, that client type, you've got many different, um, uh, sub, uh, layers kind of within there of the different body fat percentages, slightly different training, um, degrees of training advancement. But, um, yeah, that, that's really who I'm best at working with. Um, so I've got, uh, you must be over 20 years old, um, rule on there. Um, that's a maturity thing. I have it written that it's a law in Japan thing, but I don't think it is. Uh, I just made it up. Um, you just admitted that on a podcast now. <laughs> I, I, I did. No, if you come to me in your 19, I'm going to say no. I don't actually like working with university age uh, people anyway. I think you should, instead of worrying about the finer points of getting shredded, I think you should be going out there and having uh, having a good time looking out. And I don't mean just going out and getting drunk. I mean making connections, tra- traveling, um, working, saving up some money so you can do that. Um, See, that's really unusual to hear. Um, I imagine most people would be like, you know, you should be um, you should be focusing on like your your anabolic window and all this stuff. But um, yeah, the, the, you're seeing things in a bigger picture of the diet and training enhancing your life rather than being your life. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, we are the product of our life experiences and university is one of those times where you have so many opportunities before you but if you're in the gym all the time you won't see them um so if that's your pre-program mindset got to get down the gym got to get down the gym then you're not going to take advantage of the opportunities that you don't even know you have because you weren't free to be able to even think about them too busy getting swollen yeah yeah and when you know, and how much of a difference would it have made if you'd have just done your training anyway, um, but not really cared so much about your your macros, and not really cared so as much about your programming, but you're just you know focused on lifting heavy and hard and putting the effort in three days a week. You know. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of that where I think there's so much superfluous effort that at least we did um, throughout our university times, which was which could have been whittled down to three or four sessions of one hour per week and just eating. Um, a calorie target and not having to even think about the rest of it and it would have opened right. up more more opportunities more time to to work with propane and, and so on but but we've been through it you know we can yeah. see that mm. it's very hard for someone um young to understand that and i think partially for me my motivation switched from i don't want to be attacked anymore to i don't i want to look good um to get the ladies yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, and and what you come to realize is that um, the sexiest thing in people is confidence. So and Andy, um, if I was eighteen, I would be hearing that advice and thinking that is old man fuddy duddy advice. Um, I've I've written that advice, but I'll like swear it up, so I try and bro it up for them. <laughs> or I've written it back to them, and and. I've given that advice in the email but several times. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, some people respond favorably, some people don't. Um, I think, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. A, a couple of guys I have in mind, they did, yeah. That, that's good, yeah. I mean, it, I, I think it, in your teens, you're very impervious to um, to, to wisdom, but um, <laughs> I, I always look back and think, I wish I could just slap my, like, 
younger self around the face and just be like, look, stop being a dick. Um, <laughs> so, so you, you, you don't know who you are yet, right? You don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm comfortable with people not liking me. Um, I wasn't for the longest time. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think uh, sure. when you're young, you want to be liked by everyone. Um, but you, that's not that's not a way to be, you know. You're I think not going to be happy like that. I thought I was. I thought I was five three one. I thought I was lean gains. I, you know, like I remember those things being like big parts of my identity, especially at this, like the start of uni. Because if you mm. have any experience with, like, you're the slightly, you're the guy in a group of friends who goes to the gym. It becomes like part of your personality, and then you start to f- apply more of your energy into that. I think even if I'd been given that advice when I was at uni, I'd have ignored it. You know, I'd have yeah. felt like, oh, what do they know? Like, yeah. But yeah, I think hindsight's a easy isn't it to look back and think i wish but i think even even if you could tell yourself that you wouldn't listen quite possibly yes so i just enforce it on people by saying no (laughs) so so you've got um over 20 male um no injuries no no injuries yeah and no smartphones what about in your personal life is there anything else that you stick to um outside of the coaching realm um People that are constantly late, um, I don't want anything to do with them. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so, we were late for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, 10 minutes, you know. But that's that's not a constant thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I let you down last week. I just got off flight back from America and I had a cold. Um, so, And I appreciate your flexibility in uh, rescheduling this week, you know. Give and take is, is important. But people that are constantly late, they're saying that um, their time is more important than our time and that's just arrogant um, that's a good point I've never thought um people uh negative people so you've heard the idea that we are the we're the sum of the five people um closest to us um I don't know where that comes from do you know actually uh, I've, I've heard the average of the five people. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, yeah. the average. Sorry, yeah. the average um, of the five people around. Us, yeah, I, I want to say Hemingway, but that's, <coughs> that's probably completely. I think it's used by a lot of people, isn't yeah. it? It's been yeah. rehashed. But yeah, yeah. So, so t- try and surround you. So I try and surround myself with um, with awesome people as, as best I can. And um, if you don't have those people here uh, physically you can still surround yourself with really smart people via podcasts let's say um so people that are negative um constantly down you know um i can't relate to it and i don't want to be around it now i'm not talking about a good friend that's going through a bad spell you know that's that's totally different but you know, just someone who's always negative, always whinging, complaining. You get quite a few of those people. They'll come to Japan and they'll live here and they're like, oh, well, all of this red tape and, oh, they didn't understand this. And why does it have to be this way? And it's like, mate, go <laughs> home. Go <laughs> home. No one's forcing you to be here. Just go home. And you know what it is? It's just they're, they're, they're moaners. They're, they're lazy. They're letting inertia in their lives um, take their lives over. So they're not going to go home. Yeah, they're just well, going to suck it up here because they can't be bothered to go and figure something else out, you know. Yeah, well, you you get the, you get the same in the UK as well. You know, people criticising the the Western way of living, and you're thinking, well, there's no there's no obligation to stay. Like, that's uh, that that is that is coming out of um, just wanting to complain. 
but yeah that, well, that, 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 that's I think that's across all cultures all countries um, all people of all ages um, you just have some people that are like that um, but anyway this isn't a nature of a nurture podcast <laughs> <laughs> fair enough no, that, yeah. but that, but that no, is interesting I don't have any yeah. particular rules in my personal life uh, per se it's just uh, you, those are the things that come to mind well, they're, yeah. no, they're, they're pretty good principles of yeah, avoid negative people, um, avoid the the people who are consistently late and demonstrate a sort of consistent disrespecting of your time, um, and the, the coaching ones as well, which kind of come from the same principles, I think, of the, the no smartphone rule is is in a way in the same vein, I think. Um, we did want to also ask you about the fact that you're living in Japan and your karate background, you, you mentioned that you were attacked. Can you tell us a bit more about that? That's it for part one. As always, you can get access to our free ebook, 22 Simple Rules for Dramatic Results, updates to newest podcasts, and show notes for all of these podcasts on our website, propanefitness.com. Check back next week for part two, where we discuss Andy being attacked, how to avoid being attacked. Um, how to deal with plateaus and what adjustments you might need to make, why getting your macro targets is useless, and poo. So check back next week for that, and we'll speak to you soon.